Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. B. Mitch and Finley, 106.7 The Fan, coming at you live from Indianapolis, the NFL Scouting Combine. B. holding it down in Navy Yard Studios. Right now, you hear the song. You know what day it is. Time to get rich. Time to talk to our friend, the chief economic correspondent for Politico, Mr. Ben White. Ben, thank you for joining us, man. Obviously a crazy week as it relates to Dan Snyder and the Commanders. Yes, I'm sir. guessing you've seen uh, the ESPN report about the, the secret $55 million loan. I Let's have. start with not the fan side of your brain. Let's start with the you know economic expert side of your brain. What does this mean? Well, it means significant trouble for Dan Snyder from a legal perspective. I mean, this is a federal IRS investigation of allegations that he committed bank fraud. He misled his partners by taking out a $55 million line of credit uh, and purporting to have uh, approval, you know, board approval of the team for the loan. Uh, But all parties seem to acknowledge at this point that that uh, permission that board vote never happened he did not have um, the support of his partners to take out that loan uh, therefore uh, it could have been an illegal act of bank fraud and that's why the feds are investigating it and if they can put together a compelling case uh, with evidence and testimony um, that is a jail time kind of offense as I think the ESPN article noted uh, you go to jail for that sort of thing it's it's bad and um, very threatening to him legally and what what type of jail time was something like that carry yeah not not a lot um, but you know you're talking uh, several years I don't know the exact uh, number but you know three to five five to ten something like that and can always get reduced down uh, by other factors or, you know, if he shows uh, remorse or admits what he did or or whatever, uh, and cooperation with prosecutors obviously makes a difference. But this is not just fines and embarrassment and monetary uh, uh, implications for Snyder. It's, um, you know, uh, these are criminal acts if uh, you've committed bank fraud uh, at this level uh, with that uh, amount of money. Uh, So he he should be pretty nervous, and it appears that he is uh, on many counts nervous about legal liability, then, not just from this. Then I got stuck in the elevator one time for like 15 minutes, and that felt bad. Two years in jail, that's a long damn time to me. <laughs> it is really, really frightening to me uh, as well, and it should be to him, you know, and, and you wonder why. This is kind of a separate issue, the Post story about 
his demands for legal indemnification in return for selling the team, uh, I don't think that would do him much good with a federal criminal investigation. But, you know, on the other stuff he wants, uh, you know, it's related to his fear over fallout from all of the actions he engaged in and others uh, under his watch engaged in during their time of ownership. And and frankly, uh, it seems absurd to me that the owners would ever agree to anything like that. And I don't think they will uh, to give him blanket legal indemnification uh, in return for a sale. He can ask for it all he wants. Um, He's not going to get it. Uh, Talking with our friend Ben White, the chief economic correspondent for Politico, Ben, one thing that was in the ESPN report, and we we got to interview Don Van Natta, who's the reporter that broke the news. One thing that seems staggering to me is they're reporting that Dan has over a billion dollars in debt. And I'm I'm curious to you, what does that look like trying to pay it off? I mean, that is a massive amount of money. and, And how does that impact trying to run a business? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's a large uh, dead load for sure. He seems to have uh, been pretty profligate in running up uh, debt and lines of credit and and all the rest of it. I mean, you know, that factors into the sale revenue he gets from the sale. He could uh, presumably use to pay off his own debt. I mean, if he sells for, what do we think, 5.5 to 6 or wherever the number winds up in that uh, ballpark, uh, you know, he, he'll be netting a significant profit from what he bought the team for, and uh, you know that that those proceeds could be used to pay that debt. It's got to be in his mind that he is, as the term is in the industry, leverage uh, for borrowing. He's super levered, uh, and he needs to reduce that leverage and reduce his debt burden. And a sale would uh, presumably help him do that. I mean. But it's not good. It's not good to have, and it's not. It doesn't make his finances look good on on paper at all. And uh, I'm sure it, uh, you know, raises red flags about how he ran it up and whether there's other stuff in there that wasn't approved or, or the rest of it. It's it's ugly uh, and uh, a lot. Uh, but he could conceivably get uh, back to you know back from underwater if he sells the team for a record amount, which uh, I guess he would. I mean, I assume it would go for more than the Broncos went for at least a little bit. So hmm. so. We've been asking economic, economist Ben White for these answers. Now let's let's open it up to both sides of your brain and ask yep. the guy that grew up a massive Commanders fan and brought his sons to the Sunday night football game last year. What mm-hmm. does that guy make of all of this news as it's unfolding and the odds of Dan being forced to sell? Uh, it makes the fan in me uh, yet again uh, outraged at Snyder, but I've been at that level for – years since you know i was a washington post reporter and i've told this story how he tried to get me canned and and i read in that post story this week the statement from the team it's simply untrue whenever they say that uh you can pretty much guarantee that it is absolutely true especially coming from (laughs) an organization like the washington post Um, and i think it increases the odds that he either you know, has a come to Jesus meeting with Jerry Jones who can convince him that he's not getting indemnification. If he doesn't sell, the team will force him to sell. Uh, you know, here are the things he can get. Take the best offer you can from the league and get out while the getting's good. Like, that's the scenario um, that will have to play out. And he's got to stop playing these nonsense games with Bezos. He's got to give equal access to the team and its facilities and books to all would be owners, not just, you know, Josh Harris or whomever he would prefer. 
Uh, he obviously hates Bezos because he owns the Washington Post. It writes mean but true things about him. Uh, he's got to stop doing that. So it, the fan in me is uh, as outraged as ever about Snyder and his dealings and his misdeeds and the culture that he developed uh, at the team, which was just rancid, uh, and eager to, to see him uh, move on and, and get an owner in here who will not do those things and will both want to win and act in an ethical and financially sound manner. So uh, I think that day is coming. It's just, it just could be ugly getting there. Mm. Um, speaking of what sounds like it could be ugly, uh, <laughs> let's switch to your primary area of exp- expertise where we always like to lean on you for you know, information and analysis in these kind of crazy sure. times. What the hell's going on with the bigger picture economy? Because it yeah. seemed like everything was cool, and now it kind of seems like it isn't. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, I'm working on something on this now. And the reason that everything seemed really cool in January, I think, was because a lot of the data was inflated by unseasonably warm weather and other seasonal factors. So we got that big jobs report for January, 500,000 plus. I think that number will come down. We don't get another jobs report until a week from Friday, uh, but it's likely to be lower. And there's other, you know, uh, manufacturing and services numbers that look great in January that I think were favored by a bunch of seasonal factors. So we're back now to what the real numbers are, which are, you know, not great. You know, we're tenuous. We're sort of on the cusp of potential recession still. We're not there. Uh, Labor market is still tight, um, but growth is slow. Uh, It's not negative, but it's slow. And we run the risk still of you know, Fed's tightening a lot and recession coming. So I don't think that things have changed that much, really. I think the data is just more accurate now than it was in January. And people who kind of got their hopes up for a big reacceleration and everything's great, uh, hunky-dory, were operating off of bogus, uh, or not bogus, but uh, any one month of data can be inflated. And I think January's was particularly so. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens next? Because I, I remember last week when we talked, there was one number you were telling us to try to keep track of, and, right. and it could be it could be alarming. I think that just by following you on Twitter, everybody can follow you at Morning Money Ben. Seems like that number came in and in fact was alarming. Um, yeah. Kind of what's going to happen next here? What what is right. the next? What is the next thing you're really watching for? Yeah, I mean the next big thing is the next. Uh, Fed meeting, uh, which April or May, I forget. I don't think there's one in March. Anyway, it's coming up relatively soon. And what they do on interest rates, uh, one assumes they'll bump them up another quarter percentage point because, as you said, that number was uh, PCE, personal consumption consumption expenditure index, what we spend on stuff. And it's really uh, what the Fed looks at in addition to CPI, consumer price index. And it wasn't very good. And month to month, it doesn't look very good. So the job on inflation isn't done from the Fed's perspective, meaning more hikes. But do they look at the data and say, okay, we still see a path towards stopping all these rate hikes by the middle of the year? Uh, they've pretty much given up the idea that they're going to cut interest rates. But the big next thing to watch is, A, what the Fed does, and B, what it says around what it does. Uh, and it's going to do in the future. Because if it thinks inflation is still running out of control, it's going to keep hiking and cause a recession. Uh, if it doesn't, uh, then it'll hike a little more, stop, and maybe we're okay. But, yeah, that's what people should pay attention to is when Jay Powell steps up to the microphone the next time and talks about the economy. That'll be, have a big impact on uh, how everything goes. Ugh. I mean, how much higher can these things go, dude? Isn't it at like seven right now? Yeah, I mean, it's it, yeah, six to seven. Um, it, it was as high as 9.1 inflation was in June of last year. That was the peak. And it has receded. You know, we've been on a downward 
pass, but it's stalled out a little bit in the pace of it coming down, uh, which is worrisome. And particularly in the labor market, still really tight. And part of that, uh, and I'm going to work on this story too, is there's 2 million people who left the labor force um, post-COVID and haven't come back. Uh, a lot of them millennials and Gen Xers, you know, you can explain a bunch of them by early retirements, but not my generation or the generation below me. Like, what are they doing? How are they keeping it together? You know, it's not like everybody can have an OnlyFans account, you know? Um, but I think there's like some of that stuff out there, gig economy stuff out there, but we need more people coming back into the labor market to uh, ease pressure on wages, ease inflation, and, you know, make a transition into an economy that uh, is not in recession and is working uh, well. But, you know, that's, that's one big factor is where are these missing workers and why aren't they coming back? And I, I'm trying to figure that out myself. How the hell uh, they can't come back? That's, that's weird to me. Yeah, it like, is weird, bro. Like, <laughs> what are they doing? How, like, I how much money they had saved them, but they can stay out of work that damn long. Exactly. Not not enough. I mean, the savings, there was a lot of savings from COVID, uh, you know, record savings. A lot of that's gone. And it's particularly gone among, you know, middle to lower income folks who don't have any savings left. So that asks, you know, the question, what are they doing to, to make ends meet? And some of it is probably off the books stuff and gig economy stuff. Um, the rest of it may be moving to cheaper places and relying on some savings. But it's a big mystery. And uh, I, I want to figure it out. But it's a mystery and a problem for the economy because we need more prime age workers uh, coming into this market to soak up some of the openings. Ben, last question, and, and this yep. one is it, it may be difficult to answer. Um, do you have an OnlyFans account? <laughs> yeah, you wish. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, if I if I were to have one, uh, I think the subscription uh, number would be somewhere around, you know, five to ten uh, people who do it out of sympathy for me. Um, but no, no. <laughs> Uh, I, I make my money the old-fashioned way by punching a clock. You know, I'm not uh, going to try to sell anybody on the idea of uh, not that I'm a bad-looking fella. I mean, I think I'm a pretty good-looking fella. But I mean, that, that's the not hair my is game. working on Instagram, dude. There Imagine you what you that, can do on OnlyFans. JP trying yeah, to get yeah. you to join him. He has one. <laughs> I do not. Oh, yeah? I have no What's idea what my sales pitch would be on OnlyFans. Yeah, sports junkie with, uh, you know, I don't know, can, can, can dazzle you with his commentary on the commanders and – for nine ninety five, uh, give you personal insights while uh, slightly overweight forty one year old father of two. Maybe there's a you niche market so? for it. Who knows? There, there's a niche market for everything. You could sell, <laughs> I care. But I wouldn't uh, put all of your uh, your nesting in it. Just like not in uh, crypto. No crypto. Right. No only sense. <laughs> Got it, Ben. Thank you for the time. Yeah. As always, man. We all learn right, something every time you come easy. on. Thank yeah. you, Mike. That's our guy Ben Hi, White. Ben. Give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Morning Money Ben. B, if these rates keep going higher, I don't know what the hell people are going to do, but I know who I would trust. That'd be our guy, John Leahy. <laughs> if, if, I mean, that's isn't even a, a spot for him. I'm just saying, if you got to figure it out, maybe he's somebody that can help you. Don't go anywhere. We're going to hear about B. Mitch's combine experience and Martin Mayhew, Commander's General Manager, going to speak to the media at 1 o'clock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.